Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to The Therapy Crouch with me, Abby Clancy, and... Me, Peter Crouch. Yeah, so... What? That's like a half-hearted Peter Crouch. Why is it? That instantly sounds like you can't be bothered. Not at all, no. I'm really happy to be here. Good, because I'm happy. I, I really enjoy this. I enjoy it. You know, it's a chance for us to sit down together and talk and reminisce, and it is, for me, a form of therapy. In a way. Good. And all of this wouldn't be possible without our fabulous listeners. Thanks again for all your amazing and wonderful stories. Because without you, it would be, it wouldn't be anything. Because I've been talking to him for 16 years and it's uh, wearing thin. <laughs> no, it's, it's great to have the audience involved and... I love that you trust us with your incredible stories and the funny and I'm glad we can help out in some ways. Yeah, it's good that they get in touch because um, some of the stories we can then relate to our own lives and things that have happened to us. Mm. So you forget half the stuff you've yeah. never been together that long. Um, there's loads of stories that I've forgotten that triggers well, yeah. things. Th that's the thing, I think. You know, I think when you're in the public eye, people automatically think you're a million miles away from them and what you do on a daily basis. And I think we're completely normal and the things that make us sad, make us happy, make us annoyed are the same as everyone else's, don't you think? Yeah, that, that you, you you pissed me off the same as, as any other couple, I think. <laughs> so you think Abby is completely normal, Peace? <laughs> no, yeah, that's, that's not true. You're not normal. So last week we came up with the concept of a weekly wine club uh, where we open a bottle of wine and yeah. you get a few things off your chest and then... This is a very important part of it. You're then quiet <laughs> while I have my say. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I've also, I've opened, I've cracked open a little bottle of wine for us. And, uh, I, and I say little bottle of wine because you uh, asked me to buy the wine and I didn't, but I found half a bottle left. Well, um, yeah. It's my <laughs> first wine. Completely useless husband who doesn't do one thing he's told. We haven't been having wine in the house just... Just to not drink, you know, waking up fresh, clear head, motivated, full of energy. Because obviously after lockdown and stuff, you know, it's, you know, when you didn't have anything to get up for and go out, we were just having a couple of glasses of wine a night and it's not the way forward. So. It's just little, those little hangovers in the morning for no reason. You're like, why did I do that? 
and we mm. just because we went two bottles instead of two glasses. Yeah. And um, yeah, we're so, all or nothing, aren't we? Kind of, kind of. Well, people. yeah. Well, we're nothing by the looks of it today. <laughs> yeah. So we've got we've got like one glass of wine left in a bottle. That's stale. Um. So cheers. Well, cheers. So, do you want to? Uh, do you want to start? I don't know how long it's been there. I'll be honest. It's not great. Is it tastes it? like port. Yeah, it's a bit. It's not ideal. Pangage. We'll get through it because we we love the wine club so much, but <laughs> it's not ideal. Commit into the cars. Well, so talk I'm, to me. What's your problem other than me not buying wine? So you actually really hurt my feelings this week. Really? Yeah. For some reason, on my phone, like things pop up about you, like stories, like recent stories that are in the press, or Peter Crouch is doing this, Peter Crouch is doing that. And this one article pop- popped up where it said, um, playing football, having children is nothing doesn't even come close. Having children doesn't even come close to the feeling you get when you play football. I'm actually going to try and find this on my phone now because it was true. actually disgusting. I you thought. don't think that's true? Well, this is this is something you know that we come across. I think when you are potentially in the public eye, um, you know, stories and words can be misconstrued. Mm-hmm. Ho- hopefully, Peter Crouch compared football. To childbirth. Okay, I've got it. Peter Crouch says getting to the Champions League final was better than the birth of his kids. Explain that one. Have you got the, the exact quotes on that? Yeah, I have. Um, Three days ago you said this. Yeah, but I obviously said it a while ago. They've just put it in at three So days. you did say it? Well, loosely. <laughs> Peter Crouch has risked the fury of wife Abby Clancy by saying that... lip that the Liverpool's path to the Champions League final was better than the birth of his four kids. He goes on to confess that getting getting to the Champions League final was better than the birth of his kids. The striker only came on as a sub. You weren't even a real player. You weren't even in, involved. I was so t- how can you even how can you even say that? I was Liverpool's top goal scorer on, on the run up to that final, level with Kaka. If I'd have played in the final, we might have won it and I might have become top goal scorer. Kaka wouldn't have existed. But you didn't, and you didn't play. So there you go. So how is that better than giving birth? Well, it obviously wasn't with hindsight. But um, getting there, that moment when we quite scored the winning penalty at Anfield, um, and that specific moment was... <laughs> Sorry, it gets worse. Look, I love my two girls and my two boys, but I have to be honest, getting to the Champions League final is better. Let me explain. You know you're going to have a baby for nine months. Sure, it's wonderful when they arrive and all that and they're healthy and all is well with your partner, but there's no sudden shock. There's no explosion of noise around you. You don't feel like you're taking your top off and running around the hospital. And if you did, you'd be launched into a massive... And if you did and launched into a massive knee slide, it wouldn't be into a sea of limbs like it was when I scored for Spurs against Man City. (laughs) What the hell? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. What I'm trying to do is like, what I'm saying there is, nine months, you know that this day is going to happen. And, you know, obviously the births were were quite controlled. We knew the day. Um, We went in, we we had the baby. And obviously that feeling is is incredible. Um, Obviously you get the baby, but you know. But like, we go into a game there, we don't know whether we're going to win or lose. There's 50,000 people screaming, get, get into a chat. That, particular moment that that happens is pure elation it's a different kind of buzz having children 
I think you go, wow, like this is so incredible and it's mind blowing and you know your life's about to change for the better. But for that adrenaline buzz. Well, I can tell you I had a massive adrenaline buzz at the time. Yeah, but you, you, haven't, you haven't played in the Champions League semi-final. <laughs> Neither of you. <laughs> Neither of you. Did you even come on? I played in that style in that game. Obviously, the final was the final and that was a disappointment, you know, much better having children. But that getting to the pinnacle of a Champions League final, the pinnacle of football, reaching that and sharing that moment... Uh, <laughs> It's different, is what I'm trying to say. It's very, very different. It's not better, it's not worse. It's just a huge high. I don't get it. I love how he's dug into this. He hasn't even just gone, yeah, babe, sorry about that. <laughs> Forget it, it's just good. Oh, I know. I did say that, and I stand by it. I know. No, it's different. That's all I'm going to... It's a different kind of, of buzz. So what's the moral of this story, do you think? Um, don't... When you're promoting a book, don't shoot your mouth off. <laughs> No, the moral of the story is choose your words more carefully, Peter. Okay, then. So let me hear your weekly wine. Um, I've got a, a couple of ongoing issues um, that... What? Uh, really? Came, yeah, like just things that have, you know, over the course of our relationship, really, that I probably, you know, we're sitting down, we're conversing, we're talking. Are you joking? Uh, no, the, the, the main one is that when I lend you my bank card, when you lose all Are your you? own bank cards... <laughs> And you, I lend you my one and you lose it mm. with no regard. And then it uh, comes back to me and said, I've lost that one. I'll get a new one. And then I go, right, well, you can borrow this one just for, just for half a day and come back and you've lost that one as well. Mm. So how many times has this happened, Drake, over the course of our relationship? Ten? Double figures at least. Yeah, and I, I admit it's, it's the weirdest thing. Like, it's like a joke how this happens. Like the other day, I was sitting getting my hair done in the chair in our kitchen and I had to pay for something online and I don't have Apple Pay or anything like that on my phone and I'd lost my bank card. So it's like, Pete, can I have your bank card? And he said, yeah. So bought whatever I was getting online. Then he was going out and I was like, have you got my bank card? And I lost it. And I hadn't... She hadn't left I, the chair. <laughs> and no word of a lie, it disappeared. And it, every time it disappears, like what about in Portugal when we went to the to the shop? And I come I took your bank card, come back. I literally went to get milk, come back. Where's the bank card? God lost it. And then the builder found it, it at the gate in front of our house because I'd obviously had it on my knee in the car. Got out the car to put the gate code in. It fell on the floor and <laughs> by the by the front step. Like what on earth? Like this, for me, it's a blatant disregard for my personal things. Like keys, I have to hide keys and any bank cards from you, don't I? Anything that's. I think personal. you're quite brave lending your bank card to Abby. Full stop. Not out of fear of losing it, but yeah, <laughs> losing all your money. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Well, that's my ongoing issue, and you, you've know I've broached this before, but I just want to make it for, more formal. Why now? Is that because you've just got a new bank card and is that no, your way of saying I, you're not I've got one, this one? You know, I've got one left now and um, you are you will not be receiving it at any point. You sort your own banking situation out. Okay, fine. Okay, so that's the wine off our chest. Weekly Wine Club. <laughs>
Yay. I've got I, I, I a triple left. <laughs> I actually think this leads us quite nicely into t- today's topic. I think if we're going on this headline vibe, I know it's like a really cheesy subject, but I think people want to know what's really going on, you know, when they read the newspaper, because I'm a, I'm a sucker for it myself. Like I'll read these like crazy headlines about myself and go, this is absolute nonsense. Where are they getting this from? And then I'll turn over the page and go, Posh and Becks are on the rock. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... It's so true. It's nuts. And then you read the story and it's it's not. And like the other day, there was one like, Peter Crouch has threatened to leave. I'm leaving, threatens Peter Crouch um, after Abby's purchase. And I'm like, oh my God. And then you read it and it's like, Abby, and then it's a lovely story. Peter Crouch says he's leaving if she brings one more living thing into the house. It was when I got the puppy. These headlines are designed to like drag you in just to sell papers. Yeah, I suppose. Well, it's, a, it's a headline when you dig deep, deeper into it. But even things like we say on this podcast, like if someone took that and put a, put it into a headline, um, you know it's said in jest. Like most of this what we talk about here, we're having a laugh, aren't we? We're not, yeah. you know, we are not on the rocks, but there's things that annoy, annoy me. And I might say say that, or you might say that about me, but we love each other and that is... I think clear for everyone to see. And and that's one thing about doing this podcast because it is quite daunting exposing yourself in this way because there's no doubt this podcast is going to create some mad headlines for us and probably headaches we don't need. But then if you're not going to be you when you're doing it and you're going to edit it and look a certain way and not be yourself, what is the point? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> what is the What is the point in doing it? You know, people... We, we've decided to do this podcast because, you know, we feel like people are interested in us and I would like for people to get to know us more as a couple and more, get to know our personalities more. But you were actually really concerned about, because lots of things that you say, it's like I'll say, things on my, I'll say things on my podcast like, and everyone knows it's a joke. I think sometimes, maybe because people don't know you or don't see you around or hear your personality as much, they will take, things literally yeah whereas actually i know you and you are actually quite funny and you'll say things that are funny funny and looking they're they're, they're they're said in jest but put out there put in, in headline, black and white it's yeah horrific. it looks terrible like you when you said that you killed me when i lost my baby no i said you i said, battered you you said you no, battered me well i went on um, the farm i went on our rivals podcast rob beckett <laughs> <laughs> Off your number one spot now, bitch. <laughs> no, I went on the Rob Becker podcast because I love his podcast. I thought it was hilarious. It was actually the first podcast I've ever listened to, even though my husband was like number one in the country. It was the uh, Rob Becker podcast that I listened to. And I, I was like, I love your podcast. And he was like, do you want to come on it? And I just thought, I'm going to be myself. I'm going to, there's no point in self-editing or whatever. I know Rob anyway, so I felt comfortable speaking. But what my fault is, I always forget there's like millions of people listening and things I say can obviously sometimes come across as a bit brash or... It's that word again, isn't it? It's <laughs> that word again. Brash. And I said, I told this story when um, Pete lost the baby in the farm. I went the loo, come back. The kids are in the soft play, come back. Jack's nowhere to be seen. He was like one at this point. And he'd got out the automatic door and was just roaming around the farm on his own. And I was obviously hysterical. Um, 
I said on the podcast and I battered Pete in front of everyone, but that's just like a figure of speech. She didn't really batter me, basically. Um, she wasn't happy with me, obviously. He got a verbal battering, <laughs> which is almost worse. A stern talking to, I think, was to be the yeah. right term. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's, it's just things that you say can easily, you know, be misconstrued. And I think another key factor to that is being a woman. Like, if you say something funny, it's like, oh my God, do you take it literally? Or like, unless you're a female comedian, you can't be seen to have a bit of banter. Mm. And I am always in trouble for this. Don't you think? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, and that's obviously what your concerns about doing this this pod, because if you take things sort of out of context, I think if you listen to this, you understand we're having a laugh and we're, we're joking about things. Um, but like, if you take it out of context, it can be very different. Yeah. Because if people really thought you thought I was a nagging fishwife who lost bank cards and was brash and shouted at the kids for not doing their homework, you know, we wouldn't be together for so long. Wouldn't be together for 16 years unless you're just terrified to leave me. Yes, and very tolerant. <laughs> <laughs> I love you and I love, I love that about you. I don't like the fact that you, like bank, you lose bank cards. That annoys me. But I like the fact that you speak your mind and I like the fact that you're funny and you're good company. So, and. well done. And kind. And kind. But how did we get here? That's what I want to know. Is like, how did, how do people know us? Um, That's the important question of the day. Well, people know you because you were um, a mediocre footballer. A bang average footballer. We did a silly dance who looked, who looked weird. <laughs> you don't look weird. Thanks, Boo. Thankfully, so. I, I think your looks are what got you here. Really? Are you joking? Definitely not that. Do you know what? Loads of women message me on Instagram going, Pete's so fit and it... I get so jealous. Really? Mm. Loads. Loads, but they're all like 75. Fire, or... me, fire me the numbers, though. <laughs> no, people people get it, Pete. People, you don't look weird. People... I, think I've, I think I've got better with age. I, like, I was a gawp, let's be honest. Um, and I did look different. And I think that makes me stand out. You don't look different. You just, your height's different. Yeah. Your face doesn't look different Thanks. to a normal person. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, listen, I played football. And I, I first remember, um, you know, people recognising me when I was uh, at QPR, but it was only people from, you know... It, Locals. It, yeah, local kind of football people who, who knew who I was. It was only really when I moved to Liverpool and played for England. That's when people who don't know football then start to ask questions and want to know a bit more about you. Um, but it, it, it is funny with you though because there's hundreds of footballers and even before you started dicking around on telly, um, you were a household name. Like grannies knew you, the kids knew you. You know, before you came like a, a number one selling author and a pod father and a judge. You know, you were a household... <laughs> well, taking the first no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Babe, I'm not. You you were a household name then, like because I remember like Holly, my friend from school, Holly, and Nan used to keep like every newspaper clipping of Pete for me. Like every time I went round, like people, I don't know what it is about you that made you stand out from everyone else. Because there's only like a few footballers people know. It's like you, David Beckham, Ronaldo, maybe Rio, my edge in there. You know, to, to you, to, to, if you don't know football, you mean? Yeah, if you don't know football. Yeah, and, and there's no there's no rival reason for that. There was there's plenty of better players than me around, but I just think I do think the height thing, and I think the robot, you know, became a thing. Um, there was a couple of quotes that I said that made, you know, sort of 
The virgin one. Yeah, I think that was a thing. Yeah, so for anyone who, who doesn't is, is not familiar with this, um, Peter Crouch once said if he wasn't a footballer, he would be a virgin. <laughs> Which is actually genius, but quite offensive to me. It kind of makes me just be like a little bit of a gold digger or something. Yeah, yeah, it's quite offensive. No, but I, 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 did, I was You joking. were actually with me when you said that. Uh, we were together. Been, yeah, my, I think I was That was in the 2006 World Cup, wasn't it? No, it was, it was a little bit later than that. But we were, I think we had a child and everything at the point he said that. And I was like... Well, it was a long a day of interviews, you know, like, and you're asked the same questions. And uh, by the end, I was just making up silly things. And that was a quote that sort of followed me around. When that first started was happening, when you were saying you were going out getting recognised, that maybe people started asking you for autographs, not just Peter, but you as well, Abby. Did that kind of impact you? Did it, did it change your way of kind of thinking or behaving or did it make you change at all? Um, like, I, think, I think what sort of propelled you into maybe the, the public domain was when you came to Portugal with the England team and you'd just been on Brits Next Model and then all of a sudden you, you know, it was a lot of people were taking interest in the footballers' wives, or the wags, if you want, for want of a better term. Mm. But Victoria Beckham was there, Cheryl Cole was there, there was, um, you know, Frank Lampard's wife, they were, they were quite well known. Um, mm. And then you, you came. How did you feel? Because I always think you were just a young, what, 19-year-old girl, and then all of a sudden you were just thrust into that mad, mad world that was a little bit normal for me, but must have been really difficult for you. Yeah, well, I think, you know, the, the day you asked me to go, I'd literally just got back from London. I'd been on Britain's Sex Top Model for eight weeks. They cut all my hair off. I'd put a stone on because I couldn't stop eating with nerves the whole time. And I had a suitcase full of dirty clothes. And he was like, do you want to come to Portugal? And I was like, oh my God. So it was actually the first time I'd stayed away from home for a, a, a massive amount of time. So I was like, I was a bit scared. And my mum was like, just go, you'll have a great time. I was so worried about turning up as me with all my normal clothes, some H&M and Zara and, you know, seeing all these girls head to toe in designer with the bags and the outfits. And I was a bit like, oh my God. But, you know, I, I went. First enough, that's something that I just didn't take into consideration. No. I just thought, oh, that'd be a nice thing if you came. Being in the public eye, you know, no matter how small or big it is, it, it does change how you feel and your confidence. And it was very daunting for me and did, I, I was so scared. And then we, was... we, had a, we had a difficult few years, didn't we then? Really difficult few years because we were constantly trying to avoid any attention. You know, it was Rafa Benitez was the manager at Liverpool and he was like, I don't want you, you know, being around this. Like, you know, we were getting photographed and things like that. And I was like, oh, I, I don't want this, what are we doing? No. And we were constantly trying to hide. And we, we found ourselves just like, in our house, weren't we? We yeah. were constantly like floor beds watching Sopranos, mm. um, not wanting to go out because we obviously wanted to be together, but we didn't want to be seen out together because it was drawing attention it, and it yeah, was away it, it, from it, the football. It, it, it was it was creating a lot of media frenzy, really. Sim just simply going to the shop to get your local, to get your weekly shop. Mm -hmm. There was paparazzi everywhere and we lived in Liverpool and it's a small place and... They seem to just get us every day. And I know you were, you know, it, it wasn't a good look for you as a professional footballer because, you know, the manager's seen it as a distraction. So, and I know your like family weren't too happy about it. So for me, I felt like a lot of pressure on being judged for maybe being with a footballer to be famous. Yeah. It's such a tricky subject for us because anyone who knows us knows we're not like that like it's funny about like your nan like what your nan used to say i'm, I'm like me dad they're like they're, they're like i don't tell anyone that who you are already you know who i am but this 
guy from down the road asked me for your autograph and you're like, how do you even know? <laughs> it's the same with me dad. My dad's always like, just what, I was in the pub the other day and this woman come over to me like, are you Abby Cunsey's dad? <laughs> I'm like, as if that's happened. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've obviously said... Oh, my son-in-law's Peter Crouch and I'm Abby's dad or whatever. Yeah. My grand used to do it all the time. Um, like, I remember my grand used to get the train down from Macclesfield. I'd always go and pick her up at the station in, in London. And uh, it, without fail, there'd always be like a young lad carrying her bag, without <laughs> doubt. And, I, and, I, and I'd go like, and he'd go, oh, this is uh, John. Uh, he's been on the train. Uh, he sat opposite me. And he was going, oh, he's so lovely. I didn't say anything. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, he just he's a Tottenham fan or he's a Liverpool fan or we just got chatting and I was going, well, obviously, like, he didn't bring it up, did he? <laughs> <laughs> but she was so, you know, she was really proud of me. Yeah, so sure. She was constantly just telling everyone that, um, you know, I was a, a grandson and it was lovely and, you know, everyone was, was really nice with her and but mm. she was really proud of it and that, that was a nice, that was mm. a nice thing. Well, I think the funny thing is that, you know, the age we've had our, uh, our kids of not experienced you as a footballer. So they're like completely in the dark to Pete's football career because obviously the three, four, seven, eleven. Sophia knows a little bit and she went to a few games, but obviously when we had the little ones, Peter retired and so they have no idea. They just think, I don't even know why they think you're famous, really. Like they obviously when we're out and stuff, like people will come over for a photo or And they get in the they, photos, don't they? They're like that. And, and sometimes like my little girl who's eleven now takes them. But I, I've never really sort of like sat them down and explained why. Do you know who I am? No. <laughs> no I just go like, they go, come on, the little ones will say, why do they want your picture, Dad? And I'll go, because uh, Daddy used to play football, remember? And they, they go, oh, yeah. And then other people play football. They don't, they don't have photos. But they <laughs> yeah. But that's it. Like now, for now, instance, No, now they think you're famous for being the judge on The Mass Singer, yeah, don't they? Exactly, yeah. Which is the the best thing in the world for them. Like they are, like Pete's done so many incredible achievements football wise and the kids just think he's the bee's knees that he's the judge on the best singer because they absolutely love it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't they? And they're yeah. like, oh, it's amazing. But remember when Lib's like, when Sophia was a little girl and you used to hear us like in the soft play going to people, do you watch Strictly? <laughs> I remember this clear as day. We were in the soft play and uh, there was a little girl and they were up the top and I was sort of underneath um, at the table and I could hear her talking or making a friend. She must have only been about seven or something. Mm. And uh, she was going to this little girl, do you watch Strictly? And the girl was like, no. She was like, my mum's on that. And the little girl went, ah, and just, they just carried on, carried <laughs> on playing. But yeah. I kept hearing her, so she never she once said, oh, my dad plays football. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> never once. I think it's because it's the whole dancing thing and the costumes, they just mm. instantly are drawn to it. I, I remember um, Sophia and like our friends, Jason and Stacey from Liverpool, they own a um, trampoline park in Liverpool and the kids made a video. They filmed themselves and made this home video anyway. And they, one of them walked in and went, are you Sophia Crouch? The, do the daughter of um, 2013 Strictly winner, Abby Cansey. And she goes, yeah. And then, the other, and then she goes to the other one, are you, are you um, Harriet Barton? The daughter of the owner of Spring City, Liverpool. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. <laughs> so it's so funny. Didn't like, even get a mention in that one. <laughs> yeah. but it, it's so funny what like, the kids take in of what they're concept of fame is and why people want photos and why we're in the public eye. It's weird. We've never really spoken about it, have we? It's like even like little things like I'll go, you know, 
we might be going somewhere like can we go there dad and I'll be like I don't really want to go because it's so yeah, busy in yeah. there and I'm thinking if I, I don't want to go in there and like Chessington or something and like yeah and they'll be why not everyone else is doing it mm. and I'll be like oh I just don't want to to put myself in that situation you know yeah what, what I always find funny is these um, I remember us in my friend Stacey's in Liverpool we were late we were taking the kids to school so we're feeding them in the car I had a bowl of Rice Krispies in my hand. I just had a baby. Put the baby in the car. I had a baby bowl with a baby spoon and Rice Krispies in. Next day, in the paper, as oh, Abby Cancy's on the Rice Krispie diet <laughs> to get a figure back, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I had people, like I was going to training and some of the lads would, would say to me, um, oh, just my wife made me ask this question and I was like, what? <laughs> uh, just obviously abs on the Rice Krispie diet like what does that consist of I was going are you fucking mad the like, hell are you talking about also what do you think it consists of yeah <laughs> I was like is it so she was like how many Rice Krispies <laughs> do you have like is it breakfast yeah. lunch and dinner and I was going it's just the baby's bowl from the, from the car like it wasn't oh, oh no that was the baby food diet sorry but you had the, a Rice Krispie the Rice Krispie diet's a different thing. That was the baby food diet. And I'm like, but as if I'm gonna, if I'm on the baby food diet, which I didn't even know was a thing, I'm not gonna eat it out of a baby's bowl with a baby spoon. <laughs> I was feeding the baby in the car. <laughs> like it was nonsense, isn't it? But like getting it out there, like with 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 the baby weight stuff, like I don't think anyone could believe like how quickly you get back to exactly how you were. Mm. So people are trying to find what you did. What did you do? See, that's a lot of pressure in itself. That whole pressure on women to lose weight after they've given birth is, is a tough thing. And, and I felt like some of these stories about me could have had a negative effect on women. Like, mm. you know, like I was trying desperately to be thin. I, I wasn't. You know, when I had my baby, my main focus was obviously, number one, the baby. And then for me, what I personally did was you have to listen to your body um, before you do any working out or diet or anything you know my, my main focus was taking care of my baby and taking care of myself and that did mean eating healthily you know I wanted to have energy to look after the kids um and when I felt like the time was right I did go to the gym I enjoy Pilates mm. you know I love taking the babies out for, for walks but I must say a lot of my for me, a lot of it is down to genetics. My mum was the same. Like she said, she lost her baby weight relatively quickly. And the same did happen for me. But I, I don't think pushing that out there is like a positive message to, to women because it puts people under pressure when in fact they should just be enjoying being a new mum. I look so everyone's different, aren't they? Like, everyone's I think, different. I think so there's, there's probably too much onus on like, oh, I need to be like this celebrity mum who's done this and dropped it, you know, all her weight in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not right, is it? Every no. every person's different. It might take a year, two years. It's mm. like what's right for you isn't going to be right for for someone else. Exactly. I th I think my key message there would just listen to your body and take your time and do whatever feels right for you. Yeah, and like for the, that, mine mine just fell off <laughs> after no, that groin operation. But, I was <laughs> I was back to fighting fit within no, but a couple you, of weeks. Like, a, a lot of people say you're so skinny and yeah, I have the opposite issue. Yeah. Yeah, but that that's that's also not nice either. No, I, I, listen, I struggle with that my whole life. Like I've had to, even since I've retired, I've had to, I've had to eat more and train more to keep weight on. You know that I just my metabolism's so quick. I just always been like that, and I, I have, you know, it's it's a it's a problem. But 
you don't speak about it because people see it as a as a bonus. Like, oh, I wish I could eat what I like, mm. um, but I can't, I have to try so hard to keep weight on, which is a different problem. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall—whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Fake news thing, even, you know, with this podcast when we were like trying to get it out before it was out secretly, like feeding out um questions. questions. We, we wanted people to get in touch, but we didn't want we weren't necessarily. We weren't ready to reveal the project. That we were doing it, yeah. Yeah. And and it was in the paper that um our marriage is under the rocks and I'm looking for the public for therapy and under advice how to stay together. Un, it's under the rocks. On the rocks. On the rocks. I say on. I said on the rocks. You said under. Our marriage under is the rocks. under the rocks. <laughs> which I? Means, I think Fraudulent basically slip it's completely there. Yeah, it's fucked. gone. It's dead. Dead and buried. Did I say under the rocks? You did, yeah. I don't believe that. Rewind it. You did. <laughs> anyway, leave it in because yeah. under the rocks is the new on, on the, the rocks. rocks. Dead and buried. <laughs> Which is just bonkers, isn't it? So what, explain that again. I was too obsessed with the rocks. Um, now, when I was obviously drip feeding these questions out, mm. the press um, did a report saying that our marriage is on the rocks and I'm seeking to my fans for some advice and we're going to therapy or something like that. Oh, which is half true, really. <laughs> what? I was... Well, it's called the therapy crouch, and you were asking people questions. Yeah, but our marriage is on the rocks. No, it's not, but we are in therapy. It's just a podcast. <laughs> no, Pete. It's called the therapy crouch, babe. <laughs> I do find it funny, like the whole celebrity thing. I even hate saying that word. Yeah. It's embarrassing, but that. Like when say we go out together or like an event or something like that, like no one has any interest in what I've got on. You know what I mean? Like, why is that? You know, I'm just wearing a bang average suit and everyone goes, There's Peter in a bang average suit. And then like but Ab, it's like every every time she goes to an event, she's like on the front page of every paper. I mean the Brit Awards, you're always on the front, aren't you? And I'm like, go to the petrol station like the next day and I see Ab and I'm like, I was there as well. <laughs> Don't get jealous, you bitch. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm quite I'm comfortable with it, but it's a definite, it's like, I don't know, like, people want to see girls, don't they, in nice mm. dresses. 
Maybe you should start wearing dresses, Pete, instead. I'm sure that I'd grab a few but headlines. Good enough for Harry Styles. Could it's I carry true. a dress off? Nice long frock? Well, you like, you are partial to that dress. Am I? Yeah. When? Every time we go to our friends, you raid their wardrobe and dress up. That's not true. What the hell? That's an outlandish statement. It's not. not. Why well, put dresses on when I go around to people's houses? <laughs> yeah. LBD. LBP. 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 Every time we used to go around to Jason and Stacey's after a night out, you'd have her maxi on. Did I? That was a long time How ago. How could you not remember that? You had Stacey's floor length dresses on every time. She had to. She used to hide her clothes before. She, so, like, when she was getting ready for a night out, she'd be like, Get ready, make a bag check, bag check. Did it hide my dresses for when we come back and have a drink afterwards? Check. Because <laughs> you'd have them all on, stretch and everything. Really? Yeah. There's nothing funnier than when you come in, like I might put, you know, your jacket on or something, come in and we throw a few shapes. We have a laugh oh and then God. we move on. You're partial to a fair coat? Yeah, I do. I, As know. well? Yeah. I, it's I, like your party trick? It goes down well. It doesn't? It does. Fair coat, no knickers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Literally, fair coat, no knickers. There must be a thing with you because you used to just buy fancy dress outfits and just dress up for no reason. I think like they're good to have in the house, aren't they? Do you remember when, like the prop box? We lived in Ch Cheshire and we had the the box full of the prop box. Yeah, it was. I mean, that was, that was awesome. That replaced the squat box. Yeah, <laughs> the prop box. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, like you're all just round, and like you know, it might be a lull in the evening, and, and just someone come, goes just out in. the room, comes back in as Chewbacca. And everyone's <laughs> everyone's right back in the party mode, <laughs> literally. Hey, well, you know, like just a quick Chewbacca and bang, everyone's you you back on again, aren't you? Mm. We've had some funny times, like dressing. Like maybe I used to every time I used to come home from a night out, I used to dress Jason. Do you remember yeah, yeah. I put him in that um, swimsuit, like a shiny, uh -huh. like PVC silver swimsuit and side boots? <laughs> he doesn't want to talk about that. But bear in mind, our friend, our friend Jason, he's like five foot five and like a size zero. <laughs> so he's like the opposite to Pete and all my clothes are too big on him. So it's so funny, like, uh, like dre we dress him up all the time. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what we should do? We should get them on. Like, you know, you, this is an obsession where you have to have a celebrity couple on, like, to interview. Like, we should get our mates on like that. I, I knew them before I knew you. Yeah, but my brother knew Jason before Jason knew you. How weird's that? How about that for, like, women to be together vibes? Yeah. That is amazing. It, and, you know, the fact that you're, you know, you're really good friends with them. And I'm I didn't, really good friends. I hadn't they're been... our best friends. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but... You're, the but... funny thing is you're really good friends with them. Uh, yeah, they're our best no, friends. They were, they, were, they, they were my best friends. Yeah, yeah. And before. Now they're mine. And now they're yours. That's what I'm saying. Like, this, it's so getting them on would be, it'd be interesting to see the dynamic, of, you know, how we, when we got together and, you know, how much they hated you and how they like you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That's actually a really good idea because, you know, in therapy, when they get people in to like mediate, you know, mm. what, what's an intervention? It'll be like a reminiscent, funny, funny story intervention. Nice. Do you know what I mean? Great because... name for a title, that one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Rolls off the tongue. It does roll off the tongue because if you know, you know. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? Like, this, it, it, we don't have to have like celebrities on. They're our best friends. They know us better than anyone. And they could, you know, bring up stories that we can't even remember. No, we, 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 you know, we will develop into getting some guests on and talking about stories, but I think they should be a guest as well. I think it'd be quite interesting. Right, let's get into this part of the pod where... Um, we 
people write in with their, uh, you know, messages, stories, uh, questions for us. Um, we like to call it the Agony Hub. Yeah, I'm glad you've put a bit of structure into today's pod because I think we've just been off on one. Well, I'm the, I'm, listen, I'm the pod father. I'll organise it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Let's go. Right, today's Agony Ab. Uh, first one is, hi, Ab. Uh, no mention of me. My boyfriend, who will remain nameless, has become a bit of a viral sensation on TikTok. <gasps> I now find myself in a relationship with someone who thinks they are famous. Oh, God. Uh, to me, dancing for a the approval of a bunch of 10-year-old school kids is neither big nor clever. And in my eyes, he's started to put the ick in prick. Did I write this? Is, did I secretly rewrite this to my own podcast? Do you think, do you think that's me? Do you think I'm like that? Well, you did a freaking dance to children, robots, and went into a viral sensation, and you put the ick in prick. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. We're madly in love. This has been a pretty big adjustment for me that I was not expecting. I also find myself a little bit jealous of the attention he's getting off randomers, both online and when we go out. Have either of you had similar experiences when you first started dating someone in the public eye? Uh, That's from Michael, 27. Yeah. I feel like I've literally wrote this question myself. So one of our first dates, I think I've talked about it previously, in one of our other episodes is when Pete was dancing in the car. Yeah, on the way home the from the date and I was I, the word ick wasn't around then but that definitely gave me the ick yeah. I knew I'd love you why? because I didn't know you and you were like that in the car great tune though, you know what I mean you just got to feel it, it just got, if you like, feel it you go with it it was just so weird I don't know why I did but that but no I, I, I um, no I do get it you know I think with, with social media and stuff when things go viral you know it, it'd be easier for his partner to like become obsessed with that and you know play up to the whole role or whatever. My advice to Michael would just be, if you love him so much, ride it out. It's not going to last. It'll be over before he's gone viral. What I think maybe you should look at is like, if if it was happening with him, like... Would, He'd probably love it. That's what I'm saying. Would he, would he embrace it? Um, maybe ask him to involve you in his TikToks. <laughs> I don't know anything about TikTok. You do. I don't know. You've done a few TikToks. TikToks. I did one with Sophia because she asked me to be in it. I know. So so you're probably better equipped for this answer. I I think TikToking, um, if it's called that, uh, is way out of our... We are, you know, I'm over 40 now. So I I find the whole thing um, a bit strange. And you can be like an overnight success, can't you? It's like it's things happen really quickly. And obviously, yeah, he's enjoying it. But um, I suppose you can get carried away a little bit but maybe just rein him in and just speak to him and say um, get know, a grip you fucking knob yeah <laughs> get a grip you fucking knob grow up um, grow up <laughs> just just turn to grow up <laughs> yeah depends how old these people are if they're in our if they're our age bracket I just... well Michael's 27 oh god he's baba so I, I don't know I mean you know he's he's, he's Grow up's the best answer to any. I I, I just think, like, whatever you say, if you say to someone, grow up, it's it's amazing. Even when they're doing something like that's really. Remember, we had had someone (laughs) the other day talking about. Someone says, grow up. Everyone goes. <laughs> it's the best term. Someone said to us the other day, do you remember it was, someone was discussing Brexit? We said, I'll just grow up. <laughs> because we didn't want to hear it. It's the best term. So if someone's speaking of something really intellectual, like, um, oh my up. God, what do you think of the current situation at the moment with Brexit? And you go, I'll just grow up. 
Someone, if someone's about to bore you with something you don't, with something really, really intense, just say, "I'll just grow up," because no one knows what to, how to deal with it. No one, no one, no one knows the answer. No one knows the reply to grow up. Honestly, it just stops you at your tracks. But it's the best answer. If some, if you don't know, if you can't join in in a conversation, especially an, an intellectual one. I'll grow up. A friend of ours um, was going through a potential breakup and the girl um, oh my God. messaged him and said this big long message about how, um, you know, how she, her feelings were going and they don't think they're connecting. And um, and then we he asked for our advice and we said, just text back, no. grow up. <laughs> we nicked his phone and just replied, grow up. <laughs> What was the reply of? <laughs> the worst thing is, is like, obviously she's being really in touch with her feelings and she's she's being really adult about it. And the fact that you're saying just grow up, <laughs> phenomenal. Oh, I love grow up. So yeah. funny. So yeah, Michael. I love grow up. Just tell him to grow up. Hopefully that's helped you, Michael. Um, <laughs> we go, should we go on to another one? Hi, Ab. Hi, Pete. Um, I've known for a few years that one of my friend's ex-boyfriends fancied me. Oh, dangerous territory. Very dangerous. Uh, this went on even when we were still together, as, I, as he would always give me subtle lingering looks and hugs whenever we would see each other. We had quite a flirtatious relationship, but that's Ooh. the furthest it ever went. Fast forward a couple of years, uh, and they've now split up, but I see them both fairly often as our kids attend the same school. <gasps> Previously... Are kids involved? Yes. Previously, I would never have imagined going with one of my friend's exes. But lately, she's become very distant with me without giving any reasoning, which has been very hurtful to say the least. And I can't see us having much of a relationship in the future. He's slid into the DMs a few times over the past couple of months and has asked to take me out on multiple occasions. I've continued to say no, but now I'm wondering if I should just go for it. What is this? Because the girl's not speaking... So the girl, the female friend is not speaking to the girl. Yes. Why isn't she speaking to her? Well, that that is not in the email. That well, she might not be speaking to her because she's going out with her ex. <laughs> the plot thickens. Wow. Do you know what I mean? That's what, I, that's, that's what I took out of that. No, what I took out of that was she, she might have found out that he's been sliding into her DMs and then be how would she? How would she find, if they've split up, she wouldn't be able to know what he's, who he's texting. Yeah, I don't know. Well, for whatever reason, she's been... For no, I think the friend's avoiding her because she's with her ex. That's what I think. Really? It's an outlandish statement. <laughs> I mean, it's not where my head went, I'll be honest, but, you know, you, this is this is called the agony, Ab. Well, I wouldn't go with one of my friend's exes, but, you know, Rachel was all right on Friends, wasn't she? Went out with <laughs> Joey, Chandler, everyone. Ross. She had a baby with Ross and was going out with... Um, Joey Joey and no one cared okay so any advice I think it's a difficult one to navigate I don't think like if you're close with this girl I don't think you should there's plenty of men around plenty more fish in the sea plenty more fish in the sea I don't think you should ever go with a friend's ex really it's definitely something I wouldn't do it's not within my moral compass to do that at all you wouldn't do that to any of your friends? No, no way. I, I wouldn't. I think I think be very careful with that one. It's not something we would do, but you know, each to their own. And you've got the schoolyard thing involved as well. Yeah. 
That could make for some very yeah, awkward Yeah, I, I think that'd be quite confusing to the kids. But who are we to judge? No, no in this day and age, you can do whatever you want. What Time for one more. Should I read the next one? Yeah, I'm sorry. <clears throat> My partner and I have been seeing each other for about five years now. Initially, our sex life was amazing and we couldn't keep our hands off each other. But naturally, as the years have gone on, things have started to slow down a bit. This has gotten worse over the past six months and we are lucky if we get it if we get it on once every couple of weeks. That's because it's bloody fine. Mm. <laughs> I think he's lucky, him. Peter, 41. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I think he should grow up. <laughs> no. Once every two weeks? What's he complaining about? Oh my God, he's getting action all over the shop. <laughs> After watching the TV show Open House on Channel 4, where couples experiment opening up their relationship with threesomes and couple swaps, he turned to me and said he would like to explore opening up in our relationship. Oh my God. He is adamant he doesn't want to break up, but just have the option to sleep with other people occasionally. This is not something I've ever considered and I've only ever had eyes for him. I'm worried that if I don't at least let him think I'm open to the idea that he'll just go and do this anyway behind my back. I brought this up to my girlfriends and they have all said that I should play him at his own game, but I'm unsure if this is just going to be a recipe for disaster. What do you think? Oh, that's from Sophie 35. Yeah, sounds like a recipe for disaster, I think. But, you know, you watch these shows and stuff, like people are up to mad stuff, aren't they? Yeah, but Um, there's also bloody um, Garma on the telly. You're not going to start What's Garma? Watching a show and then killing people. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Where's Garma? That serial killer thing, the Netflix Jeffrey thing. Jeffrey Dahmer is an American oh, serial killer. Jeffrey, oh, Jeffrey Dahmer. You know, that's a TV show. People aren't going to watch that and go, now I'm no, going to go serial this, kill. This, yeah, but there's plenty of people like, just because we aren't like that doesn't mean um, there are lots of people, well, there are lots of people doing this kind of stuff, aren't they? I think yeah, you have if to be... you're asking us, our, our opinion, our opinion is that, that shouldn't ha- really happen. For, for me, obviously, I'm I'm not a prudish person and I'm not judgmental. And, you know, I think with these things, there's a lot of, you have to be very politically correct and inclusive. But for me, if you suggested that, I'd be very hurt. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I would just think opening up our relationship to a third party would just really hurt my feelings. And then I don't know, you could do something like that and then be completely fine the next day. But that's just my honest, that's just my personal opinion. You know, people might think that's wrong and I'm prude and, but, you know, that's, I think, she sounds like she doesn't want to do it. No. And I think playing games is always a recipe for disaster. So if she's going to start going, oh, I'll pretend that I want to sleep with a guy just to play him at his own game. It's not going to end well. No. Um, you know, from my point of view, obviously you're more than enough for me um, on um, birthdays and anniversaries. <laughs> you forgot Christmas? You forgot Christmas? No, it doesn't happen at Christmas, that's why. <laughs> Too full. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so constipated after that big, big turkey I've just had. <laughs> hey guys, me and my girlfriend have decided to take the plunge and move in together. I already owned my own place, which I've spent years working for, and she was just renting with friends, and it only made sense for her to move in with me, which is what I offered. The place she was renting um, didn't allow pets, so the dog that her parents bought her a few years back has been staying with her family home ever since they bought it. The other day when we were chatting about moving all our stuff over, she made a comment about Coco, and Coco staying in the bed with us, which really initially, which sorry, which initially baffled me. I have now figured out that she is expecting the dog to be moving in with us. Now, I wouldn't generally 
describe myself as a pet lover. I'm barely a human lover. And I have met this little bundle of hell on multiple occasions and can tell you now, I will not be stepping, it will not be stepping a paw over my door. For starters, her parents have made no effort to house train it, which means that it loves a little, it loves to leave little presents all across the home including in my brand new trainers. It also molts like there's no tomorrow. It's quite possessive over my girlfriend and loves to get in the middle when we are cuddling on the couch. I don't know how to... I don't want to start this new chapter of our lives on a bad foot, but this is an absolute hard no for me. How can I best approach this without hurting my girlfriend's feelings too much or even worse, putting the brakes on us moving in together? Lee, 30. Difficult one, that, isn't it? Uh, I've been there, mate. it's difficult to navigate because uh, people take their uh, pets very seriously, don't they? Yeah. Uh, once they're in, they're not out. <laughs> Unfortunately, so they are going to come as a package. Did She's not going to get rid of the dog, is she? It's me or the dog. But what I will say is you've got the power now. You've not moved in together. As soon as you move in together, getting a dog out is a no-no. That won't happen. <laughs> but now you have the power. If she wants to live with you, you, you need to set the rules. He could say he's allergic to dogs. Great idea. Lie. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) When in doubt, lie. (laughs) It's alternative um, advice on this part, isn't it? Um, It's not very consistent, our advice, actually. In this scenario, like saying you've got... uh, So is this this an example of when lying is acceptable? Yeah, definitely. Like, she's not going to get rid of the dog. She loves the dog more than you. Let's be honest. Um, Yeah, but the dog's lived with her mum and dad in her old place anyway. So it's not like she's lived with the dog and she's got to separate from the dog to move in with him. The dog hasn't even lived with... What what He he could either say... He could speak to the mum and dad and be like, look, this dog, this molting shit machine is not coming in my house. So No, he he has to be more diplomatic than that. He could bribe the mum and dad and say, look, I'll give you 500 quid. Please say you can't live without the dog. It's got to stay with you and she can visit. Please, I don't want this dog in my house. But also, you know, it's obviously a new relationship. They're just moving in together. He wants if they're moving in. Yeah, but he wants the mum and dad on side, doesn't he? Mm. And if they, he doesn't want the mum and dad thinking that he is an animal-hating, you know, Neanderthal. And if it is a malting ship machine, they probably equally as much want it out their house. That's true. I reckon that the, the dad's going like, <laughs> yeah. palm, palm it off with, the, with with him. Well, he could he could take this one step further if he wants to be really authentic with this lie that he's allergic to dogs. He could go for an allergy test, find out something he is allergic to, then have loads of it when the dog comes so he gets like a full rash. Oh, it's phenomenal. And then say... <laughs> Oh my God, it's the dog. It's amazing. Yeah. He's literally rubbing peanuts in his eyes. <laughs> I know that's extreme, but I have got quite a far-fetched mind, but it would work. It would 100% work. He needs to have a face like Hitch. Yeah. So like full on. Or you like... could just like walk into a beehive and then pretend that he's allergic. She could go, he should, he should go, get, go out with the girls today. I'll look after the dog. You could walk, try and find a beehive, jump in a beehive come out of it all bitten by bees and stung and be like, oh, I've been just with the dog one day and look at me. He can't stay here. Amazing. He just put a pair of Speedos on, goes swimming in nettles. (laughs) Come back and say, God, I don't know what's happened. 
that I was I had the dog on my knee and this this has happened. Because honesty is not going to work in this in this. No, because she scenario. loves she loves she the loves dog. the dog. So if he goes, look, I don't want the dog. She'd be like, you horrible, evil, Cruella. Yeah, maybe you know, maybe don't go that far. But rub rub a few nettles on your face. I think would be fine. Uh, yeah, got one here, Ab. Um, it says hi, Ab. Twelve months ago, hey. my. <laughs> <laughs> What? You conversing with this email? Yeah. <laughs> he says hi, Ab. Hey. Twelve months ago, my partner secured their dream job in quite a high-end restaurant in the middle of London. With them being a chef since we met, I already had quite a good idea on the demands this job would take on them, and it's not uncommon for him to work up to seventy hours a week, which I admit is basically double my working hours. At the start of our relationship. We both had shared passion for fitness and exercising. However, lately, my partner has really neglected this part of their life. Oh, God. And it's beginning to show. I don't describe myself as superficial <clears throat> at all, but I love him. And I began to notice my myself becoming less attracted to him physically, which is now spinning, spilling over into other areas of our relationship. I do feel like I put up with a lot already. He frequently comes home smelling like Billingsgate... <laughs> He frequently comes home smelling like Billingsgate Fish Market and is too tired to shower. He <gasps> so no- you're going to say shag then? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> he no longer has the energy to cook nice meals for us like he used to when we first met. And I often ha- have to attend social events alone because he is working. All of this I can put up with. But I also feel like I've maintained the body I had when we first met so he would still fancy me. And he is not putting in the same effort. I do not want to come across as shallow, but this is really starting to affect our relationship and I have not the courage to tell him. I've not had the courage to tell him out of fear of hurting his feelings. Any advice oh. would be greatly appreciated. That's Claire um, Fit from t- 29. Fit? <laughs> Claire. This is Claire Fit, 29. <laughs> Difficult one. Mm. I mean, this is from the lady's perspective. Look at it from his point of view. He's working every hour God sends. He hasn't no got time. time to go to the gym. He comes in, he's exhausted. Can't even have a shower. He's that tired. She's only working half the amount of her time going to the gym because she's got loads of free time and then she's moaning. Get rid. That's what I <laughs> Well, he needs to get rid. Yeah. <laughs> well, he can't it's... love him for who he is. She's not good enough for him. But what if he's getting like... Re- you know the person that he was. Yeah, but everyone knows, like when you when like when you're making your own food, you pick it. You're picking it, aren't you? The yeah, whole but time. What do you like think when I make him? a roast dinner, I never want my dinner afterwards because I've been eating it the whole time. No, I get that totally. So he's I... probably like picking all day, turning into a little bit of a house. <laughs> I think there's probably other cracks in this relationship, well, and you... this is just yeah. Well, he's working too much. Number one, but maybe he has to seventy hours a week. Is oh, it's tough for him. Well, it's a hard job, a chef, isn't it? It's unsociable hours as well. If if you put weight on, I wouldn't not love you, fancy you. I'd actually prefer you. <laughs> yeah, but that's a different price. That's not my problem, is it? If I went bald... Oh, God, you'd be gone. gone. <laughs> yeah. See, that's a bit well, harsh, no, isn't it? I, but that, I, that, I don't, but I, that, that is a bit harsh. solutions to that. Like, I don't, I don't want you to be bald. Yeah, but well, there's saying... some amazing men who are bald, like <laughs> the old Vin Diesel's coming back in. Back in. I don't even know why. With Vin Diesel? There isn't one. I actually don't even know what he looks like, but I know he's bald and like hunky. Um, Phil and Grant. Phil and Grant, exactly. Like my dad bald, some men suited, but you definitely wouldn't. Okay. 
Like, would you like if you I was? You didn't dump me when I went bald and I was pregnant. <laughs> if I was working really hard and I was bald and I was coming home stinking of fish, not showering, and you were becoming less sexually attracted to me, you would. I feel like you would tell me instantly. You'd say, "Look, this is not happening. You, you've got to sort this out." So I think honesty is the best policy here. Which completely contradicts the whole just lie from the last question. <laughs> yeah, but I think in that situation, it was all about lying. <laughs> this one is... Um, okay, let's not mess about now. Seriously, he's working every hour God sends. He's got no time to go to the gym. That was obviously their little thing that they did together. And he just... There's not enough hours in the day for him at the moment to do maybe, that. Maybe he needs to look at the job. Mm. Maybe he needs to look at the job and he needs to, to find something with a balance. Because this balance isn't working and it's going to end in tears. Exactly. Pete sold me this dream of when he retires, we'd be going to the gym every day together. Walks, lunches. Now he's on every channel. <laughs> every radio station. Every pod outlet. Every magazine. And on every bookshelf. <laughs> and he's going bald. <laughs> <laughs> Row up. <laughs> now, what, what's the answer? What's the answer? No, I think I think I think have an honest discussion. I I think you know sometimes you have to like we I know we have a laugh and a joke about it on this podcast, but I think um I think sometimes you can actually give good advice. And I think in that situation is honesty is the best policy. Say, look, you come home stinking of fish. You... I don't think the stinking of fish thing's a bad thing because he he works in food. Like when you used to go to Stoke, you used to come home stinking of the canteen. Do you remember? Mm. And I used to make... But I used to say that to you. Yeah, you say that. I used to be like, Pete, strip off at the door and get in the shower now. Like, I wouldn't even let him in the house because his clothes stunk of the canteens, like food smell. And it used to knock me sick. I used to go, whoa, here we go. <laughs> get in the shower. And then just come downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I think she should be able to... If the relationship's deep enough or they've got a strong enough bond, she should be able to say, look, this job... You know, it's it's interfering with our relationship. I miss you. I want to spend more time together. Look, you're letting you you you're working so much. You're letting yourself go, and you know she could just spin it onto it's not good good for your health. I don't even think you got to say like let let yourself go. You just say look, you're becoming you know you're dishevelled. You haven't got time for yourself anymore. You know. So enjoy today's podcast. We've got a few things off our chest at the start. The weekly wine club's taking shape. We had a tiny little inch of wine. I love how you're. Um, you're in 16 years. The only wine you can come up with about me is the one that you had the first day you met me. Yeah. I haven't got How too good's many that, issues. folks? Well, I haven't got too many issues. And uh, we laugh and joke, but I love you. And that is the, that's what it boils down to. I enjoy spending time with you. There isn't lots of things that piss me off about you. You're obviously beautiful, which is handy. Um, <laughs> but this pod, I think, has been a nice therapy session um, again we've got things off our chest I feel like we've helped people um, we've probably ended a few relationships there as well but um, and in the course of it we discussed what it's like to be I suppose in the public eye mm. I'm sorry if it was a bit random today but I think that's it's just us being us and we've loved hearing from you again today and please send in your stories or if you want to contact us in any way get in touch on thetherapycrouch.com bye Row up <laughs> 
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.